my soul and all that what? Come on, praise team, get me started. Bless the Lord. That is bless his name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Bless the Lord, O and all. me bless his whole name why why should we bless his name why he come on now that sounds all right why should we bless his name great He blesses Let's look at his word today in 1 John chapter 5. That's a good one. Everyone who believes that Jesus loves a child. In fact, to keep his commands, For everyone born of God, this is the victory after a two week little diversion. Uh, due to wanting to give you the theme for the year, which is, it's up here. Well, let me just keep reading what my notes are for once. O obedience is a daily basis, on a daily basis leads to victory on a daily basis. Our theme for 2018, which I've already said, but read it anyway. Keep up the good work that God has started. Reach one, teach one. Our scripture for the year is Philippians 1.6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work will until the day of Jesus Christ. Do you believe that? Do you believe God's done with you or he's just getting started? Those three testimonies, and you got to have testimonies so that we can get a gauge that God is still working in our lives. You can't go by what I say. You need to go by what other people are saying about what God is doing in their lives. 
Last, the, our last sermon in 1 John before I took the two-week break was in chapter 4, verses 17 through 21. The right response involves having confidence and not fear before God. Two, the right and wrong response to God's greatest gift. Well, the right one is to receive it, and the wrong one is to reject it. And then finally, three, one more reminder to what the right response to God's love is. And the scripture that goes with that is, he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also what? You're not going to get away with that in 1 John. I was talking to Elder Poole about this yesterday. He keeps staying on this. He won't move away from it. Why don't he go on to something else, the second coming of Christ? or, or, or No, he stays right here. You know why? Because that's the greatest need in the church. Our goal, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 4 through 7, uh, here's a good one for us to read again, just as a review. Let's read it out loud. Love is patient. It does not. It does not. It is not. It does not. It is not angrily angered. but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always Now, don't move the slide yet, Darnell. Look at that. I want you to look at that slide very closely in those scriptures. For what would you circle right now that you need to work on? There got to be one of them. And who has the boldness to say it out loud, the area they're working on? Just say it out loud in the church. All right, thank you, brother. Not proud. All right. All right. Not easily angered. We live in a culture now that encourages you to have a, a, a what do they call it? A short fuse. You can even get on a, a, a reality TV show if you have a short fuse. Come on, somebody. They like people like that. They want people like that. They encourage. That's not what the Apostle Paul is saying about the church in Corinth. But the reason he wrote this is because they weren't doing these things. It wasn't a commendation. Because if you read the earlier context, if you have all the spiritual gifts... And give your money to the poor. And have not this. It is a what sounding. In other words, it's just noise. That almost sounds like a new term for the young people. It's just noise. Drop the mic. Was that good? No, that may not have been good. Well, I hear young people, I'm sorry. Let's stick with 1 Corinthians. It's just a lot of noise. What I loved in the, um, the Peanuts cartoons, they, uh, Charles Schultz and um, my man, Charlie Brown. When, 
when any time they interacted with the adults, do you know how they did the adults? They never let them, you never hear what they're saying. It's just wah, 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 wah. That's their perception of adults. It's just a lot of noise. And the world hears all our talk. And I'm going to tell you something. I think they go wah, 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 wah. Because they're saying, you guys got all those scriptures and all that theology, but really it's just a lot of noise. You don't, we don't see you out here, and you don't let us come in your church. We don't see this. So it's a lot of noise. And so I'm bringing all this up because now we're going into chapter 5, and it's basically a reiteration of love one another. And you're probably saying right now, Pastor, move on to something else. I can't. This is what the text, I go on chapter by chapter, verse by verse, and he keeps coming back to this. Because he says the Gnostics have secret knowledge that no one can attain, and yet they don't love each other in the church, and they don't love you if you're not a part of the Gnostic theology. So thus, it's a lot of noise. We got to stop the noise and get to the real facts of what God is saying. It's a lot of noise. Well, here you go. This is perfect right here. Look at this here. Note, and maybe we'll read it out loud since you kind of interacted with me now. It's easy to say we love God when that love doesn't cost us anything. But the real test of our love for God is how we write. Stop right there. We can't even go any further. Are you even embracing this at all? Is just you read, you're doing noise on me? You're just reading it because I told you to? Or are you really listening? With is this for real? The real test of our love for God is how we treat the people right in front of us. Our family members and our fellow believers. See, non-Christians know if you're fake or real. Because their whole thing out there is, is frontline sinful lifestyle. <laughs> and so they know if you're really serious about what you say you're into. And they're looking at how we treat each other. That's the test. We cannot truly love God while neglecting to love those who are created in his image. It's a lot of noise if we talk about any culture, anybody's different personality. That's a lot of noise. Because when we go, when we go to heaven, all nations will be represented in heaven. All different dialects, all different cultures. This is just a microcosm. Our church is a microcosm, and it doesn't reflect all the ethnicities. But God bless you, at least we're trying. But you got to go past Sunday. Did you read what it says? It's easy to say we love God 
when that love doesn't cost us anything more than weekly attendance at service. This is good. I don't, we want, believe me, we want you to come. But this is first base. Second base is Monday. Second base is your family. Second base is your kids if you got them. Second base is people that get on your nerves and yet you don't cut them off. Third base is now you're finally lifting up your hands even toward the people that are like thorns in your life. You can now thank God for them without hurting them. Come on, somebody. You can now sit by them in church and wish not somebody was in between you. Home is when we can come to each other's home. Dolphus Weary said racial reconciliation is when a black person can go in a white person's kitchen or a white person can go in a black person's kitchen and go in the refrigerator and get what they want without nobody saying anything. This is all good, but the battle is out there. And it ain't all good out there right now. And if it wasn't for the grace of God, so go I. But because of his grace, every time I hear something hateful, then I see you all. And I can't substantiate what I want to feel because I see all of you. And then I know I'm disobeying what God's telling me. And so keep coming. But today we're going to look at three more things and John is hitting, basically go back to that note, uh, John is addressing that slide in these three points today. Okay, thank you. Number one, daily obedience involves, there it is, read it out loud. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is a born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. You can't get away from this. Well, I want to get away from that. I want you to go on to something else. I want you to go on to uh, uh, soteriology. I want you to go on to the last days. Why don't you go to Revelation? Well, it looks like we're wrapping up anyway. I can't go there. You've got to go right here. We've got to stay right here. Daily obedience involves loving one another, loving God and loving one another. How, do you, how are you going to go anywhere else? The author now focuses on relationship of three fundamental elements so important to him in the knowledge of God. What are they? Faith, love, and here's a word for you, obedience. Pistuo, how you like that for a Greek word? Greek means to believe, to have faith, first introduced at 323 and becomes the primary term and pervades this section. You can't get away from that word believe because when you believe, you keep going when you don't want to. You, when you believe, you can obey his commands even if you don't feel like it. The Bible, Monday, the Bible's, if you're having a quiet time, you don't always want to have the quiet time. Come on, let's talk. You just want to go to sleep. 
or you just want to watch TV, or you just want to watch sports all day, or you just want to have fun. Quiet time is calling. Why is quiet time or reading your Bible and prayer so important? Because you can't deal with out there without it. What's the, there's a credit card they used to, don't leave home without it. I think it's American Express. That's a, it's a blessing if you have that card. This is what you don't leave home without, reading your word and praying every day. Don't leave home without it. I'll get it later. Well, the devil love when you say that. Now you don't have your armor on for the day. Now you don't have any protection and your mind gets hit with stuff that would have been blocked by just that even 10 minutes you took to say, Lord, I'm going to read my word and I'm going to pray about this day because I know I can't do it without you. You run out of there if you want to. He's waiting. 1 John 3.23, and this is his command to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and what does it say? As Now understand, when you hear the word command, understand what that's saying. It's not saying it's a good idea if you get to it. A command is just that. Stand up. Yes, sir. You know, military. It's a command. How do you deal with a command? As an act of your will. You may not even feel like it. But you do it past your feelings. You get up anyway. You deal with people different from you anyway. You love one another anyway. Well, I don't feel like it. They're getting on my nerves. No, you love them anyway. Word study. John Pustua is always connected with an object. Faith requires not only that something is held true, but that someone has entered into one's life. That's what biblical faith is. I know you've heard a lot of word about word of faith, word of faith. No, no. Faith is not a weapon like you slice somebody with it. It's always connected to an object who is God. It's not magic. I wish I could get some help in here. Faith is always connected to an object and a person, and the person is God himself. He's sovereign, he's omnipotent, he's omniscient, he's a person. A commitment has been made and a relationship has been established that one can then only confess. The condition for being born of God, next slide, for being a child of God is what? Believing or trusting in Jesus. You say, we already know this. You know there's a lot of people in church and that's it. They're in church. And they never came to a, watch this closely, a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. You can't go on the short coattails of your parents or your grandmother or even if your dad's a preacher or your uncle's a preacher. You got to personally say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and that you were buried and rose again just for me. The lot, there's a lot of people in church, but the church is not in them. Is there two amens? 
There's a lot back, back to the 1 Corinthians 13. Why, isn't, why don't we see that everywhere? If we know that is true and everybody reads it, why isn't it reflected? You know why? Because you can be in the church and that's it. But the church is not in you. Christ is not in you. You could be going through the ritual and the game of I gotta I gotta put give God his time eleven to one. That isn't all the time he wants. You give an employer a job you don't even want to go to eight hours, and if the money is good, you'll do some overtime. I wish I could get some help in here. And and for God who saved you, who created you, who protected you, who guided you, who kept you when you were almost crazy, he gets two hours. Because I got to get to the game. I got to get to the mall. I got to get to Red Robin. I got to get to Red Lobster. You don't have to get anywhere without his power. I got to get out of here because I don't want to hear this anymore. Fine. When you turn on the radio to whatever music you want to mute, it might be on a station that says just what I just said. Because you can't get away from him. When he's after you, you can't get away. And this is something else you can't get away from. Believing or trusting in Jesus Christ. Pastor, why do you hit it so hard? Well, the truth is you're not going to be here forever and neither am I. There's this little thing called the judgment of God. What is that? The throne of judgment. Well, what is that? Well, you don't want me to go in Revelation, so I can't tell. Well, I'll just give you a, 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 clip, a, a, a quick idea. You're going to one day stand before God. I'm going to stand before God. Yes, you're going to stand before God because once the body dies, the soul and spirit still lives. And he's going to ask you, what did you do about my son? Why did, what, 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 what? I, I, I noticed because he can pull up your whole life in a second. Come on, somebody. He can do what you do with those phones. He can, he can, he can scroll your whole life. He don't need a phone. Hallelujah. supernatural android and he can just slide through your life. I don't see anywhere. I see where you've come to church. I saw where you went with your grandparents. I saw where you went to with your parents. And when you became a young adult, you said you didn't want to go anymore and you only went before because you had to. And so you start, I see all these areas and yet I kept still putting scriptures around you. Even when you're out at the club, they even slipped and put on some gospel music you, which you sung even though you were inebriated. You sung it. Because you remember from growing up in the church. But there, I don't see anywhere where you ever really personally trusted Christ and believed in him for your personal savior. Well, don't, don't thinking about it count. Yeah, you think about it all you want. And now I'm, we're past thoughts because this is a throne of judgment. And in order to convict you, I have to have credible evidence. That's deep, church. It's appointed unto men once to die, and after that, the judgment. Only correct, sincere belief produces spiritual birth. Do you see that? 
This birth is reflected in love for others who also have been born into the family of God. Well, what is that saying? When you truly have been born again, you see other people differently. You tolerate. You here's a word, here's a word for you. Forbearance. It's in Ephesians. Forbear one another. Well, what does that mean? I'll help you. In the Greek, it means to put up with each other. Well, what does that mean? Even when people are getting on your nerves, you put up with them because they're part of the family of God. We that have siblings, oh my goodness, do we always get along? No, they do stuff to some of y'all are close in age to other family, brothers and sisters, do they always, but you still tolerate them. Why? Because we are connected biologically. When you get saved, we are connected spiritually. In fact, we're closer than biological family because one day we're going to be together in heaven forever. You can't keep walking out on everybody. This is all part of maturity and being part of a family. You can't, look, if you get mad at all the stuff other people do, you will just be at home. And guess what? You can be annoying too. Uh Uh-oh, no, I didn't just say that. While you dishing it out, you keep forgetting you're a piece of work yourself. Just nobody is has the courage to come up and tell you. I wish I could get some help in here. The 12 disciples represented 12 different personalities. And and Jesus had to manage them. And here's the great one. Peter was over here, extrovert, foot and mouth disease and John was the introvert, quiet the one Jesus even loved it says in the scriptures the one that was always massaging everything he loved Peter and he loved John come on somebody and in the end they both died for him in their respective ways and they were still family you got to love the Yes, you do. The extrovert who on your way up the steps of the church, hey, you're here. And you grimace because you just want to ease in and be spiritual. And then you got to deal with monk who's quiet and you don't even know if they're there. Are you here? Are you all right? Yeah, I'm just receiving it. Leave me alone. Are you awake? Yeah, I'm awake. I heard everything he said. I wish I could get some help. You got to deal with the sweet potato pie and the pumpkin pie. And even if you never had any more, any, any before, taste it because they're part of the family of God. Taste it anyway. You didn't know all that was in that slide, did you? I can't put everything on the slides. Come on now. 
Look at first, look at John 1.13, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a human's will, husband's will, but born of God. That's what makes you children of God. You are a unique, supernatural, called out people. Because, and here's the big part. If you read Ephesians, you will understand that he knew you before the foundation of the earth. Do you hear what I just said? You're not, you didn't just accidentally get saved. Hallelujah. He knew about you already. Well, what about free will and what about choice? All that was involved, but I'm, I'll tell you what, I'm glad I know him. You can argue over that all you want. I'm glad I got called out of darkness into the marvelous light. You can quibble over how it happened. I could be out there right now. Each person must individually, is that what it says? Trust Jesus for eternal life. It is a what? To be received, not a reward. Oh my goodness. No, it didn't say that. If I give enough in the church, I'll get saved. If I wear the certain clothes, I'll get saved. If my cross is bigger than yours, I get, I get saved. If my shoes are different, if they shine when I come in, I'll get Look, that's your effort. If I'm first in Sunday school, I'll get saved. If I, if I memorize all what pastor says, I'll get saved. I'm impressed, but that won't save you. Only what saves you is a coming to a saving knowledge, a broken heart, and a realization that I am lost and I need to be found by Jesus. You got to get there. You got to get ugly with it. You got to realize that the wages of sin is death and the gift of God is eternal life. You got to stop living off other people's shirt tails and come and stand up like a man or a woman and say, it's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's not my mama, it's not my daddy, it's me. I need prayer. And so before we move on, going back to that family question and how we got to have perseverance and forbearance Here's your question. Next slide, please. Here's your that. Oops. Maybe we should read it out loud because it relates to us and it relates to uh, the church in general. How well do you treat? Even if it's difficult, here's your verse. Being kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Well, what does forgiveness mean? It means to release a debt that is owed me. Did you hear what I said? See, when we hear forgiveness, we hear I'm giving up my rights and they getting away with it. No. What forgive, biblical forgiveness is, I recognize that they owe me. 
and I have been offended. And I want them to know that I've been offended, but I want to release the offense. I don't want to live in this anymore while I'm waiting for fire from heaven to not light you up. I can't keep living and waiting in vengeance. I release the vengeance. I release the retaliation. I release what you said and what you said offended me. I release that because I don't want to block my relationship with God. I'm tired of living and hoping you get it. Because that's not how you treat fellow members in your family. Well, yes, we do. Well, then that, that, that's a rough family then. Come on, somebody. Because that's not how God treats you and me. And we're in his family. If he let us know straight out how we've let him down, do you think we would be in church today? If he didn't extend mercy for all the different stuff, the questions, the arguments, the disobedience, and then he still lets us come back up in here like nothing happened. It wasn't that nothing happened. He saw it all, but his grace and his mercy was extended towards you. You didn't get away with anything. You really don't want his judgment because, boy, when he does hit... I'll just say, like, for the Christian, this is what we get. It's called a spiritual woodshed. And when he puts it, they can't, you can't hit them. You can't whoop anymore, I understand. But God can still whoop. <laughs> Hallelujah. And when he does, let me tell you something. It hurts. And every hit you know you deserve. But it's still not what you really should get. Because his mercies endure every morning. That's why I like lamentations. They are new every morning. <laughs> and when you know you've been living like a rascal all week and then you wake up that next day and you look to your left and you look to your light, right and you breathe in and out, oh, I'm still alive after how I acted? It's not that you got away with anything. It's called the mercy of God. And let me help you. He says, I want you to do that to other family members, how I'm doing to you, because you really shouldn't be here. I really should have taken you out. I really should let it get out there, what you've been doing in the dark. But my mercy says, let him, let her get through this, because they're going to grow from this and stop doing it. When we say you, you got to pay for this based on what? It's not based on God. That's based on you. Because if God made us pay for all the stuff we've done, can we stand up right now and just be honest about it? Come on now. It's his grace that keeps you going when you are through with him and through with her and through with yourself. That's too much. Let's go to point number two. Carrying out his commands on a daily basis reflects our love for God. It reflects our love for God. In fact, this is love, verse two, to keep his commands. Why? Because his commands are not burdensome. 
for everyone born of God. Maybe I'm going ahead of two and three, right? Yes. Going too fast. No. Let's go to the next slide. Even one, even as one cannot love God without loving his children, so also it is impossible to truly love the children of God without loving God also. You're not going to be able to love me right with God's love if you don't love him. It's going to break down somewhere. Come on, and let's talk. It always breaks down somewhere when it's not biblical love. Something is going to annoy us and break that stage where you just see everything so good. They are going to do something to get on your nerves. And when that happens, what keeps you doing biblical love is that you really love God too. And remember how he let you go when the same stuff happened between you and him. You know, we like, I, I, I now get it with a lot of stuff we do, our behavior and retaliation. You know, I now understand why CSI, come on somebody, and uh, Forensic Files and all these other shows, CSI, man. I'm saying, what's the fascinating, because we're really interested in seeing how some people do stuff wrong and get caught. Come on now, let's talk. We like that for other people. We're fascinated. A whole series are on it. Some of y'all are CSI buffs. Don't try to act holy in here. You got every, every video. LA Confidential, whatever, all these shows. Let me tell you something. You should thank God you know you don't get always what you deserve. If one claims he or she loves his brother or sister and not God, then they have not offered them the true love that comes from the Father. You can't do it. There's going to be some place in time they are going to get on your last nerve. Only biblical love can keep you going when you're through with them. Come on. Because then you know this is what the Lord does for me. The author cannot really talk of loving God, however, without also linking his words to obedience. Please say obedience out loud. That's a good word. Obedience, here's your definition. I didn't explain it well, but that's what it is. Carrying out his commands. That's the word obedience. Carrying out his commands. First John, uh, John 15, 10. If you, there it is. Do what? You will remain in my love just as I kept my father's commands and remain in his love. Even he followed commands. Even though he was fully God, he still worked with the constraints of what they talked about in the Godhead before the world ever was. He even followed commands. Even the Holy Spirit follows commands. And yet we run wild, like wild, wild west. That doesn't work in the economy of God. When you continue to be disobedient, there got to be a cause for that. Or else it kills what God's about. To obey his commands is in the present tense. 
and has the idea of keep on keeping his command. It's not just one time. Please say it's not just one time. It's not. No, it isn't. No, it can't be. I'm glad you did good for one hour, but the old sin nature still wants to come back to life. The vampire is always waiting for 12 o'clock. I wish I could get some help in there. And that's why Paul says the things that I hate, those are the ones that I do. Why? Because in my old nature is a nature and a desire to disobey God's commands. The connection between love for God and obedience is meant as a protection. That's a good word against thinking of love for God as just emotional feelings about God. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with passion. But there are going to be some days you got to do it even when you don't feel all emotional. When it doesn't feel, when you can't hear the praise team music and when you can't hear the pastor and when things are really going bad, you still got to get down on your knees, Lord, I don't even get it right now. I really want to quit. And even when you say that, you got to still say, Lord, I want the disciplines to kick in right now so that I can get through this. And I'll tell you how good the devil is. He hopes that he's banking on his attacks to make you quit. He's hoping you don't get back to following his commands and being obedient. True love, the next slide, agape requires, oh, that's a good word. It requires action. In respect to God, it means a life of willing obedience. It's action. A relationship of sonship with God and service on behalf of God. Here's what it looks like. It requires laying down one's life as being one's own possession and taking up what? A new life in response to our Lord. Do you really know what disciple? You really want to know what discipleship is? It's laying down your life. It's laying down your life for people. It's going the extra mile. It's putting up with people. It's laying down. It's being bothered. How about that? It's being bothered when you just got in the bed and and the first sheep has jumped over the fence. And there's a phone call. And they need to talk. And it's one of those extroverts that want it. Not the others that'll say something quick and go. It's those long-winded people. And one of your eyes is open and the other is closed. And in 10 minutes, they hadn't even got to what they want to talk to you about yet. I wish I could get some help. That's right. Nobody's like that here. After a half hour, they finally tell you the first few reasons why they woke you up. An hour later, they say, oh, did I wake you up? The second hour, thank you for listening. I was ready to stop coming to church. Did you hear what I just said? 
Thank you for listening. I was ready to walk away from my marriage. Thank you for listening. I was ready to run away from home. Thank you for listening. I had a bottle up here on the coffee table and the glass ready to drink. And you, after you listened to me, I poured it out in the sink. I wish I could get some help in here. I'm trying to get real with you. Laying down your life. John 5, 3, the love of God demands, did I skip something? Yeah. The love of God demands obedience. However, rather than burdensome, God commands free believers to be the people of God, people they were originally created to be, holy beings who clearly reflect the image of God. You're finally getting to why you are here. Application, Jesus never promised that obeying him would be easy. Is there one amen in here on that? I don't know where you thought this thing was going to be easy. With the world, the flesh, and the devil all after us. Where did you get easy from? Well, that's what they said on the, the preacher on the TV. He said that. Yeah, that's why he's on the TV. He don't know about you. I don't know. Did you, did you read the Gospels at all? Does it, does it look easy to you? Jesus had to literally go through a wall in one incident. They were ready to throw him and kill him. Several times he was about to be stoned for healing people. What easy do you see here? And mainly it was so-called church people that were the main ones. Sadducees and Pharisees. What easy, where do you get easy from? Well, that's what they said. Uh, the 10-step the, the, the book I, I, I bought for $90. Well, why did you do that? And it says if you have enough faith, you can faith it. And I faithed it and it got worse because that's not biblical teaching. What they should have told you for free, they that live godly shall suffer persecution. What they should have told you for free, what they should have told you for free is that all things work together for good. All things meaning bad stuff, rough stuff, running away from home stuff, negative stuff, all together works together for good. What they should have told you for free is Romans 5.1. We glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations make patience and patience experience and experience hope. You don't need it. You didn't need to pay for that. And then if that wasn't good enough for you, Jesus said foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. At least you got a house to lay your head in. What you complaining about? Complain too much. Is that a sermon? Uh, but if I preach that sermon, I got to lift my hand up too. I, I know I do it. And it's wrong. Because we don't even have it halfway bad. 
Jesus never promised that obeying him would be easy. Man, that's a good one. But hard work, read it. Please read it. And self-discipline of serving Christ is no burden to those who love him. Yes. And if our load starts to feel heavy, I can't read this. Well, what is Matthew 11, Pastor? Coming to me, all ye that are, are heavy laden and burdened, and what will I do? I will give you rest. Can I help you with something where why you're stressing so much in the Christian life? You're not giving enough to God. You're trying to do it yourself. You're trying to do your books yourself. You're trying to do your finances yourself. You're trying to do your, your, your relationships yourself, your kids yourself, you yourself. And, you, and you, you stay up at night and it's spinning over and over again. And he's waiting for you to give it to him. It was just last Sunday. It wasn't even a week ago. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Well, what does that have to do with this? When you're trusting in the Lord with all your heart and leaning not, there's your problem right there. And leaning not unto your own understanding. Long as you're trying to understand it, God's left out. When you stop trying to understand it and say something that's hard for us to do that or type A, God is in control. Type A don't like that word. Here's another one they don't like. I don't know everything. You know what? When you say I don't know everything, God claps and finally says, after 14 years, they got to first base. I've been trying to show him for 14 years. He doesn't know everything. And he's been trying to know everything. And after the last storm blew the car completely over, and you weren't hurt inside, you finally realize, I don't have as much control over stuff as I think I do. Tell the truth and shame the devil. That was devastating what happened in Hawaii. For 38 minutes, they didn't know if it was a real attack or not. And you know what they were saying? I was just trying to get the people I love to say goodbye because I don't have any control over what's going to happen in the next 30 minutes. Well, usually it only takes 12 minutes for something to happen. 38, and they didn't know. Guess what the deeper issue was? They didn't have control. You really don't have as much control as you think you have. You'd be smart in only our second week, you got a whole year to work on it, to learn how to say, I don't know. And not worry about if they think you're not that smart. God will think you're very smart. For the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. 
And when you say you fear God, you're really saying, I don't know everything, but he does. Point number three, um, the truth behind why we can have daily victory. That's a good, you know that word victory is a good word. But I have to add something. I'm sad to say that a lot of people don't see that. I'm talking about Christian people. It's not because of God, it's because of our understanding of what the word says. We like victory. That's what even sports is all about. Victory, right? Some of us are depressed right now because our team is not in the playoffs. It's not based on a team, church. Not this type of victory here. It's not based on even what you have in your pocket. It's based on something deeper. It's based on knowing that this is true. Well, what does it say then? I want some victory. I'm tired of being defeated. I'm tired of just hearing how I can have victory. And yet once I leave this church, I begin to go down. And by Saturday, I'm so low, I can't even look up. I like how you say it, but then I can't retain it during the week. Well, it's not because I say it. Thank you for the compliment, but it's not really what I'm saying. I I take what I say from his word. It's not poetry and it's not uh, quotes. It's God's word that was inspired by God directly. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is a victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is, that, who is it that overcomes the world? Question. Only the one, please read it, who believes. Do you want victory? Are you tired of being defeated? You're tired of feeling like you're losing? Here's something quick for you. But you got to look at the word here. The reason why God's commandments are not heavy, burdensome, is the power that comes with this new birth from God. See, when you're saying you know everything, what you're really saying is that you have control. And when you get to where I don't know, then you let God have control. Overcomes, look at this. I know it's, we're almost done. The world is also the pres- in the present tense taken from the Greek word nakao. Look at what you get from nakao. Say it out loud because some of y'all got some on right now. <laughs> Means a continuous victory because of a continuous struggle. It keeps on conquering the world. In other words, it's not just when you get saved. Hallelujah, and we shout. You can continue the victory even into 15 and 20, and I'd like to say 30 and 40 years in Christ. I'd like to be able to say 50 years in Christ. Somebody can still have a smile on their face. 
their Bible open and they're still underlining it, still having a quiet time, excited about witnessing, excited about coming to church. I'd like to think somebody at 60 years is still excited about God so that the rest of us can have something to follow. I'll tell you what I've seen. I've seen people start off on fire and by those increments I said, well, brother, how you been doing, man? I'm just holding on. Huh? I come to you for encouragement. You've been on this thing 20 more years than me. I, I got saved. You saved. You led me to Christ. I know, brother, but the devil is busy. No, I need to hear something else. I need to hear there's joy in the Lord and that he is my strength. Are you still in the church? You, you led me, you brought me. No, I don't go anymore. I have church at home. Church at home? Is that the name of the church? No, my real home. Well, why don't you go to church anymore? A couple of people there just really discouraged me, and I, I just can't be bothered with that. But I still got my Bible, brother. What doesn't it say forsake not the assembling of yourself together? Yes, it does. But I can't find a perfect church. Perfect church? You're the one that told me there is no perfect church. Just get in one and join it. I know what I said. But that was a long time ago. You'll get, and this is what really hurt, you'll get like me after a while. I don't want to ever get like you. Overcomes the world. The world is some of all the forces antagonistic to the spiritual life. Here's what you want to stay with even when you're getting hit and ready to quit. Do you see what it says? Next slide, please. Please read it out loud. We're almost done. But thanks. Why? He gives us the victory over the stuff you feel like you're losing in. But thanks be to God, even for the storm, because if I stick with this, he will give me the victory. But thanks be to God, even when they walk out on me. He will give me the victory. But thanks be to God when things are not getting paid. If I obey him in my stewardship, he'll give me the victory over my checkbook. But thanks be to God when there's only three people in the church. Just preach like it's full and I'll bring some new people in here. There's stuff going on in this world that's very discouraging. I don't have to get specific. Very discouraging and very disheartening towards the unity of God. But then I look at this verse. But thanks be to God, Paul said. He gives us the victory. Nikao, Nike. 
through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that means the stuff you've been losing in, doing it yourself, you can have victory in if you stop trying to do it your way and let him start doing it his way. Jesus won the victory over the world. How? I have told you these things so that in me you may have what? Peace. In this world you will have trouble. I don't even need to read the Washington Post. All I got to do is look at right here. It already told me. You're going to have some trouble. But take heart. I have Nike. I have overcome past tense which still has remaining results now the world. And God in us gives us I still hear something. I, I hear every time I say this, I hear it. You, what I mean I hear in my spirit, I'm losing. You keep, that's you talking. That's not God talking. That, that, you, there's no credibility with that because you're talking about what the sin nature is doing. See, if you change gears and click, and turn, and click into V on your car, you will have some victory. Every time you say I'm losing, that's neutral. It can't go nowhere. Click it into overdrive, God's victory, and start going up that hill you haven't been able to get up. You dear children are from God and have overcome Nike, them, because the one who, yes, Lord, is in you is greater than the one who's in the world. Who is that? The devil himself. Well, it looks like the devil's winning right now in this world. All the hateful things being said, he's not winning. It's just a prediction from what Jesus said. But it has nothing to do with God. Upon this rock I build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail over my church. He said, I'm not going to. If I wanted to save you from trouble, I'd just have you come to heaven right now. I want you down here to be a light in the midst of darkness. I want you down here to reflect my joy in the midst of sadness. I want you down here to be a church sitting on a hill, shining the light on our country. Finally, major doctrine, the conf. The confession, look at that. How you like that little thing down there? Can I say drop the mic on that? Oh, I'm never supposed to say it. Eric, you're supposed to help me with these hip-hop things. The confession with which the victory is linked is, again, the confession that you're supposed to say it loud, too. The confession has in view the false teachers who acknowledge Christ, the Redeemer, but, yes, his true humanity, fully God. Remember that Nike means victory, right? And so every time you put them shoes on, you got a new perspective on that. It's supposed to mean victory. So, those shoes shouldn't be going anywhere where there's defeat. Please stand with me.
if the praise team could hurry and come. I am ready to commit to a daily life of obedience in relation to God. Careful now. Don't look at this closely. And to my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Ooh. I'm ready to be a Christian. I believe that he died and rose again for my sins. And I put that in here because I can't never assume you are just because you come. Finally, for some of you, you are a Christian, but you're not a part of a local church. And you heard what I said about the local church. It is important to attend and be a part of something. I am ready to be a member of New Light Christian Church. Please come. And if that's you, please come and let me know. Is it speak to my heart, Brother Sedell? All right. The altar is open. Speak to my heart.